Hey everybody, welcome once again to the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. Thanks for joining us for a Monday Night Raw recap, the Raw right after SummerSlam, and we are here to go match by match, talk about the latest news, Finn Balor's injury, what happened last night backstage with Brock Lesnar and Chris Jericho, and more. Uh, once again, as always, joined by Raj Giri, Wrestling Inc.'s own, and of course, our regular Monday Night co-host, Matt Morgan, uh, with uh, a guest joining him. Yes. Want to introduce everyone to, to our special guest here? This is Big Jackson Morgan, my two-year-old. He's making his big uh, screen debut here, covering his eyes at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> cool. We look forward to, to getting his insight as well as we go uh, match by match. Uh, Raj and I were talking off-air before the show started. Just, man, you got TakeOver. You got uh, six hours of wrestling last night with SummerSlam, and then tonight, Monday Night Raw. Um, I would like to... To, to meet the people that are still pumped and enthused and just ready to go. Can't wait to see two more hours tomorrow night on SmackDown. Uh, this, this feels just like a relentless, nonstop assault of squared circle action. Uh, big picture thoughts to you, Matt. I mean, what, what did you think of tonight on the heels of uh, last night's SummerSlam? Um, what do you do with this? You know, Finn Balor's injured. You know what I mean? This was such a huge crescendo, this huge build-up moment. New champion, new face, new everything. And the poor guy's hurt. I mean, that you can't talk about any of this without talking about that, obviously. Um, the show as a whole, though, they could have done a lot more with this, in my opinion. Uh, tonight's episode, which we'll get into, I'm sure, as we hit each match. Yeah, yeah it, uh, it was... It was... Uh, it was uh, it was a, uh, a Jackson, big not a fan of Roman's push that they're giving at the end, by the <laughs> or, way. Or of uh, tonight's Raw. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you know, obviously they were, uh, yeah, they they had a ton of stuff to deal with last minute regarding Finn Balor's injury. But at the same time, they knew this morning that uh, there was a you know chance that they he could be vacating the title. Uh, so they had all day to kind of come up with a you know an alternative plan just in case. And it did seem like early in the show, like they were kind of figuring it out as the show went on. They didn't really, you know, they had a few guys come out in that opening segment, and then, like, Neville wasn't there, and a couple other guys that were in the tournament weren't there. Um, so it definitely seemed like uh, they were kind of scrambling backstage. But, uh, you know, for a post-pay-per-view show, you know, usually expect post-pay-per-view shows to be hot. And this, you know, it had a, it had a couple of moments, but overall I thought it was uh, mostly uh, just a kind of standard fare outside of uh, Bailey uh, coming back right. and debuting. Right. You know what? I was just going to say, you know, this is the type of show, especially with an injury. And after Mania, after SummerSlam, after big pay-per-views, there's usually a big debut that comes out. And I, obviously that's Bailey. I couldn't be more excited for her. She's the biggest baby faces company will have, in my opinion, um, yeah. if they don't screw it up. But um, my point was, this was the night, in my opinion, to bring Joe. This, 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 was the, this was the crowd. This was the context the perfect context to bring Samoa Joe out tonight and not let people forget about Finn being hurt, but it definitely would be a lot more accepting, I think. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it, I, I, I mean, Bailey was great, uh, but yeah, I think they could have used uh, another uh, another guy in the, the, the main event spot, you know, the main event mix. Uh, yeah. so I, I agree. Well, and true to, to, you know, the unpredictability of Finn's injury last night, the Bailey segment's the only one that really felt planned. It's the only one that had that feeling of, okay, this is business as usual. This is what we were counting on. Everything else sort of felt like, what do we do now? How do we make this interesting but not repeat what we just did in the month's build-up to SummerSlam with crowning the first-ever Universal Champion? So for those that don't know, Raj, do you want to give people the, the quick recap about Finn Balor's injury and situation? 
Yeah, so you saw if you saw during the SummerSlam match, uh, Seth Rollins, he did the you know his his uh, power bomb uh, into the buckles, except he did it outside of the ring, uh, into the barricade. I look like I could it, Matt. Let me know what you thought, but to me, it looked like he let go a little early, uh, and and as Finn Balor was trying to you know kind of break the fall, his his arm was out, and uh, you know he got he injured his shoulder. And that's why. That's why, right there. It's a, it's a release power bomb. Um, you're, you're supposed to run with them and release them, obviously. But um, he shouldn't have put his arm out. But Finn is a hell of a worker, so I'm sure there was a reason for it. Yeah, you know, it was one of those things that happened. Bad timing. Yeah, uh, Seth has been getting a lot of heat uh, online, at least, uh, yeah. because of he. You know, he he had injured John Cena's nose last year, and uh, the thing was Sting. Uh, did did it look like he was being unsafe in any way to you, Matt, or was it just one of those crazy things that happened? Yeah, just one of those crazy things. And I, Lord, I hope he doesn't slow anything down because of it. Um, he's one of my favorite guys to watch. Him and Owens both. Um, I love watching Rollins. I think he's the complete package. Um, I think he's still improving on the mic and, and feeling himself out as a character, but I love watching him more, so I hope this doesn't make him start to taper back with what he does out there. Like the kicks to the head tonight in the match versus Zane. If he was inside his own head and worried about injuring people, I don't think he'd be doing that move there tonight, for instance. That would be something he would pull back on, so I'm happy to see he's not pulling back, and I hope he doesn't. Um, I'm shocked to hear the Internet community was uh, – throwing John Cena's name in there for people that he hurt. Like, they could give a rat's ass that John Cena got hurt. Um, <laughs> yeah. Seth Seth is money. I, I love watching him, Mark. Yeah, yeah, I know. He's awesome. Uh, but it looks like he could be out four to six months. Uh, Sheamus had a similar injury. He was out for a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, so, the, you know, that hopefully by Royal Rumble around that time. Uh, otherwise, you know, six months from now, that's what, I guess that's like uh, end of February. Fastlane, mm -hmm. maybe. Right before yeah, WrestleMania. So before WrestleMania, but man, that's a long time away for having just made his debut and and you know for them uh, really putting the jet packet on him. So yeah. hey, so real, real quick, Raj, do you think we were talking about last night a little bit about the character of Finn Balor, the Demon King, and everything? Do you think maybe this gives them the time to see what they had, to see what they put out there, to see the conundrum that they were about to run into with which do they go with? Do they do the Demon King every night? Do they not? Do you think it gives them the time now to finally figure something out and say, this is the way we're going to go with Finn when he comes back. This is what his character is going to be. He's going to be indestructible or he's not. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, you know, I think they should, but it sounded like uh, Sami Zayn was on um, Chris Jericho's podcast, and it sounded like they're set on him just doing the demon thing for pay-per-views. He actually thought he was going to be dropping the demon thing completely, uh, you know, when he got to WWE. But it, yeah. it, it sounds like uh, they're going to keep it just for pay-per-views and, and do what they've been doing with NXT. Okay. Now, I think in the long run, provided that Finn's injury isn't more serious, um, I mean, I think this this is going to end up working out for him very, very well in the long term, that the fans had this great SummerSlam match, they saw the demon, they got a sense of what it was, and they saw just enough that they're going to go, you know, crazy for it when he comes back. Um, you know, I think it's going to work out pretty well in the big picture. You know, but with Finn, I mean, what he did in the ring tonight, so the show, you know, opened with him coming to the ring, relinquishing uh, the title. Um, he came across, I think, more, you saw that good guy side of him more than we did in mm -hmm. what they did before with his limited mm -hmm. interaction with Rollins. I think this just firmly established him as that, you know, the Irish boy next door as the face. We've seen mm -hmm. the demon, this other side of him. And now when he comes back, I think he's going to get all that goodwill and all that it factor of the demon rolled into one. And I just, I think it's going to be huge, you know. 
Someone's asking, uh, Matt, what do you think? The the day that Finn, uh, you know, Finn getting injured and the match that he got the title, do you think WWE will have any reservations on putting the title back on him again? If he has any naysayers, yeah. Um, from what I've heard, he doesn't really have any. Um, he, everybody likes him. He gets along with all the boys. But most importantly, the staff loves him. Um, and they should love him. Um, he's a very hard worker, and he usually is very durable. Um, so I don't think that's a great question. I, I know what they're alluding to. They're alluding to is this another Daniel Bryan situation where this gives them the rationalization and go, oh, oh, we tried it. It didn't work. He's injury prone. Oh, he's too small. Or, no, I don't think that's going to happen here. I, I honestly don't. I pray it doesn't because he's another one that could be money for them. Yeah. Well, and he suffered that injury. Shoulder comes out. You could see, I mean, popping his shoulder back in and continuing the match. I mean, that's, uh, you know, testament. To just yes. That is tough. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, so that happened uh, at the start of the show, and then from there, just uh, you know, rapid fire. We had Seth Rollins come out, Sami Zayn come come out, uh, Kevin Owens come out, Jericho come out, Enzo and Cass come out, Roman Reigns come out, and they really set up that you know we're gonna have some uh, some matches, and then build towards a fatal four way on next week's Monday Night Raw from Houston. Um, do you think it's smart for them, Matt, that they're just very quickly trying to, to get a champ in place as opposed to waiting till Night of the Champions? That's a good question. Um, how far away are we from Night of the Champions? How far? It's the 25th, so we're about one month exactly. And no. Clash, of, Clash of Champions. Clash of the Champions. Okay. Um, no, I, I think they're smart to get somebody with that title as soon as possible. It's a new title. Somebody should be wearing it. Um, but at the same time, Big Kaz, no offense, should be nowhere near this this picture. I'm sorry. Both Jericho and, and Owen should be. There's more people that should be in this than before Kaz. And the reason I say that is because they're packaged together as a tag team. You know, um, no one's going to believe he has a chance at winning. I don't think he has a chance at winning. Do you? Matt, I could almost see them putting Big Cass in that picture. They did it with Ryback when Cena got hurt, when CM Punk was champ. Right, but he, wasn't in the, but he wasn't in the tag team. That's what right. Yeah, but they've kind of been phasing Enzo down a little bit. Like, Ugh. you know, he didn't wrestle tonight. He kind of took the fall last night. I can almost see them. Because who else do they got? They're, I think it's clear that they're going to stick, uh, keep Roman with Rusev. So who, do you, who else do you put Seth in there with? Like you said, you could have easily got Samoa Joe. They they chose not to do that. So I don't I don't see who else. Both, both Jericho and KO, both of them. But they could. Both in this match. But you know the fact that they beat Jericho right off the bat. KO's a heel. I I, I don't see them having a KO and, and Seth Rollins. No, I mean but, out of the guys in this 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 four way match, I'm saying. Right, gotcha. Sorry. But yeah, I thought it was clear in this opening segment that. It, it seemed very uh, unorganized because the guys came out and they're just staring. No one said a single word, <laughs> you know. And then like Neville wasn't out, so it, it was just I, I felt like they were just trying to kill a little time and 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 plan. But I, you know, to what you asked, Glenn, I think it's I think it's a good idea to have a champ by Clash of Champions, and I thought it was a good idea not to do it tonight. So it gives them a little time to plan, mm -hmm. just in case they are thinking about big casts. Uh, to to second second guess that and and look at their alternatives clearly. Yeah. Um, and so we went to the first match with Sami Zayn versus Seth Rollins. Now, was that a work with uh, Sami selling that ankle injury during? 100%. Yeah. He, oh, yeah. he sells well. I'm telling you, on Reddit, yes, he I was does. seeing online, everyone was just like, oh, my God, not again. Our beloved fan mm -hmm. favorite gets injured. I Something about it, it's like... Oh, they would have stopped you know, that match right away. I know. I know. <laughs> well, you know, you have to ask, because it's one of those things when it happens right after, it's like, okay, is this WWE taking the piss and saying, like, okay, we're going to... 
do this as the angle right after an injury or it's illegitimate, but I guess that's good. I guess it's what keeps people guessing, right? Similar yeah. to the, the confusion about the Orton-Lesnar match last night, you yeah. know, was it a uh, work or not? And I think that's the thing. It's like we're in this era of injury, um, so it certainly adds that other dynamic where it's not so far-fetched, especially if a guy can sell it. Uh, but, I mean, my only real – I thought it was, it was a good match uh, altogether. My only complaint is that, you know, I would have liked to have seen Sammy in that fatal four-way. I thought once he was up against yeah. Seth, I was like, you know – just had a feeling. It's yeah. like, okay, well, Sammy's getting eaten in the in the first round of this. Yeah. Same exact thought. I, I was okay. pissed. I was pissed. I would love to have seen Sammy, Sammy in that four, that four way. And then, and, and, and my man Cesaro stuck with Sheamus, or was, <laughs> or whatever. You know what I mean? That's the seven. Yeah. And and they're not. They didn't do match number two tonight. They said next week. So this is gonna go <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, so it's gonna go lo- on longer than that. Like all the way to the Rumble. You know, it's just that's Cesaro's career path. Yeah. Uh, Raj, what did you think of that opening match, Rollins versus Zayn? I thought it was really good. You know, again, uh, Sami Zayn's outstanding. Uh, but, you know, I think between the two, you got to have Rollins uh, go over. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it was the you know good, good opener. But, pre- I mean, all the matches I thought tonight were predictable as for who was going over, but but they were good, and, and I thought this was good. Yeah. Um, so we went from that, uh, came back, and we had the second match. Uh, which was Neville versus Kevin Owens. So again, as Raj mentioned, Neville not announced for this at the beginning. Uh, Matt, what, what did you think of the the pairing seeing Neville versus Owens? Another, you know, hit, hitting the brick wall. You know what I mean? Um, Hundred mile an hour Lambo smashing into a brick wall. This is not. I mean, I get that. This is what happens when you have a brand split and you have two thin out rosters now because we're just trying to build. You know, um, we're just supposed to be trying to be build homeboy, and now all of a sudden he goes into Kevin Owens, and they have to have him do the job. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It almost has to go over here, obviously. So it's just like a rock and a hard between a rock and a hard place for them right there. That's a tough spot. I wouldn't have given him that match. It was a great match for our entertainment, but I think it hurts. You know, Neville. Yeah, they could they could really use Neville, you know, with the the lack of depth that they have uh, over three hours. I mean, I feel like they have more depth than SmackDown, but having that extra hour just kills when you don't have any top guys. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a good match. Owens going over. I, I mean, you know, they kind of always keep Owens in that spot where he's you know just scratching the surface, but they don't really bring him bring him up there. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. I don't know what he needs to do. He is so good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Um, especially, but I think you know, once the, there's a firmly established top face, someone for Owen to Owens to really go up against, I think that'll make a lot more sense. Right now, I feel like aside from Zayn, he hasn't really had a great conflict uh, in recent memory, you know, with anyone else. And him with Jericho, I mean, that's just so money. Uh, and uh, like, and seeing last night with Zayn with Neville makes me think that having both of those together in the tag picture opens up some interesting ways to to keep a reinvigorated feud, you know, with uh, the Owen right. Zane thing without just yeah. repeating the past. Yeah. Um, so we came off that match and we had uh, Big E versus Carl um, uh, Anderson. So Big E is back, as we saw last night in SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I got to say, this this match to me just, just felt like it was over really quick, uh, you know, all things considered. I mean, it didn't really do anything for me, but Raja, what did you think? It almost felt like they were putting an end to the uh, Gallows and, and Anderson, you know, tag title 
uh, feud with New Day with this match. Just how quickly it was over, and and New Day was triumphant. And I hope that's not the case. But it and with the Dudleys later, it almost seemed like it was their way to just kind of move on. I I I knew people would think that with with, with the whole Dudley thing at the end of the night, you know, um, because that's a complete curveball. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, I honestly think it was done for that reason, for them to go out and make a statement to keep getting them steam, keep getting them some heat. I'm talking about them putting down the Dudleys, and this is that 50-50 booking really at, at its finest again. They lost a singles match, but we still need to keep some steam on them, and what better way to go ruin, you know, a table spot. Um, but, again, I don't know. I don't, I don't like seeing the singles matches when, it, when it's the tag teams. You know, if it's supposed to be, re, you know, a re... Uh, a rebooted tag division, then let's see some tag matches. Yeah. Uh, so coming out of that, we had, uh, for many, what m- probably universally considered the low point of uh, mm-hmm. the evening, uh, Titus O'Neil giving a very long promo uh, to be interrupted by Bob Packlin than Darren Young. Uh, Matt, is there anything to be said about this? Or just I, is it best? Nope. No comment. <laughs> I will say this. I think Titus could Heart be felt. good. I think Titus could be good on the mic, um, but mm-hmm. you give a, you take a guy who has like had had no mic time in a while, and then have him go out and cut a five minute promo just out of the blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it's it's nerve wracking, and, and you could tell. You know, he was flubbing his lines a bit. I mean, it takes a while to to get get used to it. So um, yeah, it was brutal. I felt bad for Titus. Um, but uh, and and the thing with Bob Backlund, I don't think a 67-year-old man should be taking bumps from Titus O'Neil. You know, <laughs> I mean, Titus is a beast. He is. It seemed, uh, I don't know. This this feud cannot end soon enough. Yeah, but the Backlund's uh, run-in that to me that was the high point. You know, just I mean, actually have him get in there and, and try and get the the crossface on him. You know, at least it was something. Uh, but yeah, the, the Titus Titus is having a very interesting uh, year. Um, in the WWE. Uh, so we came back from that. Uh, we looked, you know, throughout the night we saw a lot of Lesnar versus Orton. Uh, Shane, uh, pardon me, Stephanie did say that there would be repercussions. Um, I mean, do you think they're going to do anything with the storyline, Raj, going forward with, with uh, Brock Lesnar and, and on Raw? I hope not. Just because every time, you know, there's so many times in the past, because Lesnar, you, you know, he comes, he, he's there for a couple months, and then, you know, he, he goes because he's there for unlimited dates. Mm-hmm. And they've done the suspension angle so many times and him quitting. They've already done that like three or four times. That yeah. If they do another suspension, I, I just don't think anyone will buy it. They'll know he's going to be back around Royal Rumble time at the, you know, at the latest. So, um, yeah, but, you know, the fact that they brought it up and, and, he did do something with Shane. Uh, I, I do think they got to go somewhere with it, so it'll probably lead to a suspension, you know, a suspension angle. Yep, that's exactly where they're going with it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Matt, what what did you think about the match itself last night and that ending? I liked it. I actually loved it. Um, even though with the finish, the you know, with the match beforehand. You know, a little bit earlier, um, I still thought that match did justice again to Brock being an absolute animal, untamable, um, unforgiving, you know, you know, just unrelenting monster. You know what I mean? That's just something we talk about that he gives off that aura. Now, I don't know if we should. We'll discuss this later. But the whole uh, Matt, did you hear about the backstage scuffle between Chris Jericho and and Brock? Yeah. So we'll we'll definitely get to that uh, after the. Dive into that. 
Yeah, later yeah, in the yeah. episode. Uh, we came back uh, from that. We had the another Fatal 4-Way qualifier with Rusev versus Big Cass. This match, uh, interesting that it ended by countout um, with Rusev just sort of taking his, his uh, bruised ribs and going home. Uh, what did what you think about that decision to, to have the match play out how it did, Matt? I didn't like it. I like Rusev a lot, so I'm a little biased. Um, I, I just think they should be doing a hell of a lot more with Rusev altogether. Um, I just, again, wrong place, wrong time, wrong guy. This is not the guy you, you know, that you feed to him. And then, and then, and then, if you're trying to get, if you're trying to get uh, Cass over, he's beating a one, you know, a one-legged man, you know, with his taped his, his injured ribs. You know, what does that do? Did, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I guess I liked it better than him beating Rusev clean or, you know, something like that. Um, because, you know, what we were talking about just a, a few minutes ago as far as where they go from this, if they do go with Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins again, which, which you know, is kind of the predictable way to go, yep. then I guess it would probably be Big Cass, you know, if they get him out of the tag team situation. It would probably be Big Cass stepping into Roman's shoes against uh, Rusev. So, um at least you don't give away a clean, you know, clean win here, and and you could keep it going. But I, I, I guess I didn't have a problem with that, just for that reason. Uh, speaking of one-legged men, uh, Matt, did you have any overlap with Zach Gowan when you were at WWE? Overlap? Yeah, <laughs> like were you there when he when he was there? Yeah, yeah. I was just curious. I just was just resisting <laughs> one-legged man, and I was like, wait, the WWE's actually done that before. Actually, had a one-legged man. Wow, Les- Lesnar's Lesnar's beaten Zach Gowan. Yeah. <laughs> That was right when I was ready to be called up. I, I was doing a dark that night that Brock was like throwing him down the flight of stairs and stuff. Jeez. It's ridiculous. Crazy. I don't think they would do that in the modern era. I think uh, they have think? a little more sensitivity than that. But uh, that, that's one of those, like, you know, some people, when that comes up, a lot of people can't even believe that ever happened. I have to show them the, the YouTube video. Uh, they still surprise me. Like, the, the giant, you know, we'll get to that Johnny yeah, we'll knockout. That, that, but, that nuanced moment. Uh, yeah. that, so, uh, so, yeah, big cast advances. Um, you know, this, uh, I think, in the darkest timeline is maybe going the way a lot of people predicted. We, you know, if Cass wins, Enzo becomes his manager or mouthpiece. But uh, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about our predictions for the outcome of the Fatal 4-Way next week uh, a little later in the episode. Um, uh, but first, before I go f- any further, I uh, want to take a moment and remind everyone, uh, don't forget to try out DDP Yoga, specifically their awesome Max Pack, which is used by the likes of Chris Jericho, AJ Styles, Mick Foley, and tons of other WWE stars who love using DDP Yoga. And hey, you can get a special offer with three months of the app for free at ddpyoga.com slash wrestlinginc. Also, The Resurrection of Jake the Snake, now available on iTunes, Google Play, PlayStation, Amazon, and Vudu. So make sure to check that out and tweet DDP Yoga. Let him know that we sent you. You can also catch the film on DVD, Blu-ray, and Netflix. DDP and DDP Yoga has a great cameo on one of the episodes of Holy Foley, which I uh, started watching last night. And, you know, everyone that uses it seems to love it. Highly recommend it. DDP Yoga. And as always, be sure to check out Trendy Butler, a fantastic clothing service that I've used. Uh, that I, I, I wear the stuff that they sent me all the time. And they do all the work for you, which if you're like me and hate going clothes shopping, it's, it's perfect. Uh, you select a style profile, and then they have a stylist hand-picked, hand-picked clothes for you. Even better, for only $65, you get over $150 in designer clothes. Make sure you use the code WRESTLING10 at sign up to get $10 off. Again, that's Trendy Butler, and you can find out more about them at TrendyButler.com, on Twitter, at TrendyButler, and on Instagram, at TrendyButler. 
So tonight it happened. I think it was, you know, very, very telegraphed. We all knew it was happening. But finally, Bailey made her debut on the main roster. Uh, Sasha Banks is out. Raj, can you just shed some quick insight into Sasha's medical situation? Uh, we, I mean, there's not that uh, f- uh, that much known yet. Uh, there's, they're saying that she's going to have a medical evaluation at the beginning of September. Um, but apparently she's been having some pain in her lower back. They, that's why the, the match uh, at SummerSlam was switched. It was supposed to be Sasha going over, got switched to Charlotte. Um, and, yeah, that's kind of where it's at. You know, she's, uh, they have her listed for live events, you know, in a little over a month, uh, but nothing in, until then. So, um, so, yeah, there you have it. Yeah, so Bailey has now entered the women's division picture of Monday Night Raw, and uh, we had Charlotte come out, sort of do her spiel. Mick came out, brought Bailey out. Uh, great pop from the crowd, perfect crowd to debut her in front of, and it set up a, a you know a brief but pretty good match between Bailey and Dana Brooke. Uh, Matt, what were your thoughts about this introduction and how they're handling Bailey in her debut? First, how she was you know debuted here when she first came out. And she was going to her, you know, her her tagline, you know, her her hug line, if you will. Um, there was no need there because she's that over, and she is that big of a baby face, and she was that recognizable tonight. It's undisputable. Okay, you heard the crowd. I heard them. There was no need to throw in the cheesy Mick line. Do you know what I mean? We didn't need that. No, and I'm not saying that. In a, I know Mick didn't want that either. I, I know enough about Mick to know how much he thinks of Bailey in the women's division that he was probably like, we probably won't need that here. You know what I mean? That's usually a bailout when somebody like a Hall of Famer, you know, level like a Mick Foley or a Ric Flair or someone on that level, millions of times, you know, will bail you out of a promo with that their famous tagline. You know, and the whole idea is to give the newer talent the rub, if you will. Bailey did not need any type of verbal rub there. That was her tagline, and I don't know why the writers wrote it that way to, to, to insert mix there. You know what I mean? It almost stepped on Bailey's pop, if you will, of on her own accord. Uh, l- let me ask you this, Matt, because this is something we, we see a lot, where you, you debut an NXT uh, star the, the night after a big pay-per-view where mm-hmm. a, lot, a big portion of the crowd knows who they are. Um, but then it kind of fizzles out once they start going to markets where it's not as much of a percentage of, you know, the NXT crowd. Uh, do you think mm-hmm. that it'll sustain uh, over the next few weeks? Or do you think that they should start doing more builds for a lot of these uh, guys coming up from NXT? I see both sides of that, honestly. I, I always think you should definitely build people up before they come in, whether we know them from NXT or not. But... That said, the other side of the coin is I'm not trying to double talk. I'm not trying to talk about both sides of my mouth. But the downside of that is you lose you lose the element of surprise. NXT is chock full of talent right now that are going to make huge splashes when they come in in a, in a surprise type scenario, you know. And and we lose that by running these you know vignettes before they come up. So I see both sides of it. I prefer to be the I prefer to see the surprise uh, side of it like we did tonight um, without any vignettes. And honestly, it's important that that first night they come out, they do receive that massive pop. You do do it in that demographic because then everyone at home in Iowa sitting there watching, they're going, well, wait a minute. She's a huge star. Monkey see, monkey do. You know what I mean? You, you, that, that's generally the way it works. Not all the time, but more times than not, if I'm hearing a crowd pop a certain way for any type of talent and I'm a little kid at home watching this, I'm going, well, shoot, that must be a huge star. I need to be cheering that person. You know, that's that's the thought behind it, at least. 
the, the, the problem has been, to answer your question, is the f lack of follow-up um, the next week and the week after and the week after. Even tonight, I didn't think that that should have been her first match. I think her first match should have been shorter. It should have been did nothing but highlight her her strengths and save what she does best, which is sell. She could sell all day long. And I think they could have done, you know, saved a little bit of the sympathetic side of Bailey for when we, we, we would have wanted to see it more. You know what I mean? Tonight should have been a showcase match. It shouldn't have been as long as it was. Um, just her doing her thing and hitting all of her spots, a feel-good moment because the crowd, that's all they wanted to see. You could hear them in the crowd doing their Hey Bailey chants and not really watching the match because the match started getting a little long there. Long, like, long in the tooth a little bit there. No, I thought it was an interesting setup. I mean, if, if anything, I think the thing they didn't do was that when she came in, um, if, if I were them, I would have, you know, kept uh, that girl Izzy and her family there the extra day. I would have had Bailey going in and hugging mm -hmm. every kid along mm -hmm. the ramp. Yes. Um, I felt like they didn't put that over enough. She hugged, yes. I think, one guy and then one little girl and then was right in the ring. Um, because I think, to your point, Raj, you know, they're going to be in uh, Houston next week, and I think they'll get a good core response, but I think that putting that image out there will give her that same impact she had in NXT. People will start bringing their daughters, bringing their little kids, you know, and really put her over as someone that has this just massive age spectrum appeal because she's going to get, you know, the internet wrestling nerds. I think, uh, she, you know, the, she's got that crowd already, mm -hmm. uh, but I think that just telegraphing that, hey, this is, the, you know, the female Cena is here on the roster and, uh, you know, really, really pushing that hard. That was the only, my, my only role. Now, the match with Dana, I thought, was, was good. I thought she made Dana look good uh, tonight, mm -hmm. but I think that they could have done that more to just show that, like, hey, this is the kid, the, you know, the most kid-friendly star we've ever had in the WWE. 100%. Nailed it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Raj, any, any final thoughts on Bailey's introduction tonight? Uh, no, we'll just have to see if it maintains. You know, again, I'm always for building first because, you know, let's face it, a lot of these, uh, when you go to the buildings where there's a lot of parents and kids and, and not as much as the, the young adults, uh, it's not as much of an NXT crowd. We'll, but Bailey's going to get over to kids, event, you know, at some point she's going to be huge with yes. them. So. So, uh, That's the difference between her and the rest of them, by the way, is that right there. Yeah. She's a walking care bear. <laughs> no, totally. You can't and, and hate her. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, that's, and I think that's why, you know, I mean, she just has such a great fan base, you know, uh, I, I mean, I see it online, and I feel the way, too, you know, it's like she's one of those, like, she makes you believe, she, like, taps into that, that part It's all of authentic, it. that's who she is, yeah. man. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, so we came from that uh, to an interesting uh, cool town in the in the bronze. Well, first we had a little interview with Sheamus, uh, talked some smack about Cesaro and the local sports teams, uh, mentioned the second best of seven. That, that was the weakest cheap heat line, you know. <laughs> it's like, be a little original when you're insulting, like, the, the sports okay. teams. So there we have it, Matt. That that's something I find even lazier than than the anti-American uh, cheap heat <laughs> knocking the sports teams. Yeah, you know, like, Sheamus yeah. just trotted it right out there. You know, yeah. uh, surprised he didn't talk about Cesaro's mom while he was at it. Uh, you know, <laughs> we came with that, and then we had uh, the Braun Strowman squash match. Uh, now, let's see how how to best describe this. This is one where I, I feel like on paper it doesn't really do it justice. We went to Byron Saxton in the ring with uh, Johnny Knockout, who uh, when asked why he was doing it, he just said he likes big sweaty men. That was it. No follow up. Uh well, they said they're going to be doing more of an outreach to the LGBT community. Uh, I'm not sure that this is what they were looking for. But, uh, <laughs> uh, man, 
I was I was like just scratching my head over that one. All right. That now, now, is. If that Sorry. was a shoot, no. If that was a shoot, and that guy just got blacklisted, totally worth it. <laughs> I, I doubt he did that. Guys, wake up! That's one hundred percent the writing team having a you know having a laugh, thinking it's funny, and the poor kid had to go out and say that stupid line. Yeah. He the did rest look of uncomfortable. Us are dumber for the rest of us are dumber for watching it. <laughs> yeah, I agree, hundred percent. That just uh, it just makes you you're just like this is why no one watches wrestling anymore. <laughs> That, that was the moment, Raj. That was the moment. You, you, you nailed the, the phrasing of it correctly. The moment where if someone else is in the room that's not a fan and sees that, you're just embarrassed for them, embarrassed for, for everyone involved at that point, you know? Yeah. But most of all yourself because you were the one who put it on. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we have the squash. I mean, what would you think of, of the squash itself? Uh, I mean, just continuing the trek. Is this building? They're just. They're, it looks like they're just rotating uh, Braun and uh, Nia Jax. You know, Braun got the squash this week, and Nia will get it next week. Um, they're just doing the same thing with both. And guys, yeah. go, go back and watch. I'll give you a list. Myself, Heidenreich, Snitsky. Who else? It's gotta be six. Let's say six, eight, six, nine, and above. Anybody above that height frame, I'd say they have the same exact formula. Every single one of those guys I just mentioned, they, except for actually Snitsky, you got to take him off that list. He started with Kane. He was lucky. Um, the rest of us, they generally will have us, you run through indie talent for X amount of weeks, and they like hope and pray somehow through osmosis that the big guy somehow gets crazy over or they can do something now to bring him to that next level. They always say they're doing it to bring us along slowly, but then they, there's never that next second step. There's either this next humongous step or there's, what do we do with him now? He's too big to be selling, so we can't be having him work against this guy. It doesn't look right. It doesn't look natural. So we, we don't do anything with him at all. Like That's a lot of the time with the, the issue they run into, and it's been happening for them for many, many, many years. Yeah, you know, it, I, I have a feeling if Vince had Goldberg, it would have happened with him because Vince, the, you know, Eric Bischoff went like a year with it before, yeah. you know, and it didn't go, it, he didn't get over right away. It took a while, right. and, and, and he stuck with it. Uh, Vince, you know, you get the big guys, you, you know, like yourself, and the, you get the squashes for a little bit, and then they just kind of stop it, and then you know you're kind of off to the races, and and you're you're treated like everyone else, and I don't know, I just yeah. I just feel like they haven't uh, applied the formula the way uh, when it works right, you know, uh, they haven't done that in a while, but mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, we came out of that match to a segment with uh, the Dudley Boys. Now, uh, this was interesting in that it seemed like, you know, sort of a goodbye segment, then interrupted by everyone's favorite tag team, the Shining Stars, uh, wanting to give the Dudley Boys some tickets to Puerto Rico. Um, And then before they could, uh, you know, uh, put them through a table, we had the club come out and uh, end up uh, doing a magic killer on uh, Devon to end the segment. Uh, So is this... Is this the passing of the torch, Raj? This was the, the, the Dudleys going out, putting the club over? Or this... They had just re-signed, like, last month for another year. So I don't know if this was, unless maybe those the report was inaccurate that they re-signed, or maybe they're going to be doing more behind the scenes. But, um, yeah, I, 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 I could have sworn this was the Mark Henry retirement angle, you know, where yeah. they do it, they, they draw it out, and then... Bubba Ray just nails Devon and, mm-hmm. and you know turns heel, and I think a lot of people thought that's where it was going. And um, yeah, I don't know. It, it just seemed like uh, 
if they're if they're if that that was their send off, it just seems like maybe you know I don't know. It just seemed weird. I I, I my opinion is that they were going to start something with Gallows and and uh, and and Anderson against the Dudleys at least for a short period, and then maybe maybe the Dudleys are going out. What do you think, Matt? You think this was you think this was their last night on Raw? No, no, um, no. And I'd be pissed if it was. Um, totally lacked the, you know, I, I have no problem with anybody passing the torch, but you didn't give the guys a chance to really do anything like they're capable of doing. You know, if you want to bring them in to help build the division, then let them help you build the division. Use their overness. Use their star power. No coming out with no music or entrance. That's a freak, they're a future Hall of Fame tag team. Do you think this was a way for them to get their overness back? Um, it could be. You know, that's not, that's not a bad point. I could see that. A little spotlight situation like that. Yeah, but I don't think they need to... They're, they're, they're the Dudley boys. They don't need a retirement angle to go out there and get themselves back on that main center stage, you know, ta-da type um, perception that everybody has always had of them um, as a tag team. But I was so hoping Bubba was going to turn tonight, and I'm dying to see him do that character as a heel singles act. And I know you think it'd be watered down, but, you know, I was watching some of his stuff, you know, at TNA when he did his uh, bully run stuff, bully, uh, sorry, bully race uh, stuff. He he didn't curse, you know, he, he was just very vicious, and he has a great way of drawing the ire of people, even in today's PG uh, community, I think he can definitely still do it. You know, I agree. I think he was fantastic. I just think it just seems like Vince hasn't pegged it at, at a certain role, mm-hmm. and it's just that mentality. If if he can, if he can change his mind, I'd love to see it because he was fantastic doing the Bully Ray run in TNA. Yeah, I'll be curious next week if they pick up the thread uh, here and just have it with the, the Dudleys going up against the club for a short storyline for a couple weeks, or if this was really it. But, uh, yeah, honestly, between last, you know, between everything this weekend, it's like I don't even know what to believe anymore. You know, I don't know what's kayfabe. I don't know what's real. I don't know what's a work. It's just all the lines are so goddamn bored. But I'll tell you one thing. I'll give $20. I will PayPal $20 to anyone you could tweet at me. Uh, You know, uh, you can leave in the comments here. Explain to me why in the hell the Shining Stars are still on the roster and keep getting a push. Just explain to me, like, what the hook of their character is, how creative thinks they're going to get over. I just want to understand at this point. Glenn, that is no push, my friend. Um, <laughs> yeah. They keep but, showing up. But, but up. to your point, should they have any TV time whatsoever with no. what they're presenting? I agree. No. Yeah. But I feel like like every time that I just forget they exist, every time they're a distant memory, there they are again. At least tonight with the two tickets to Puerto Rico thing, that's the closest thing to a relevant contextual placement they've had since this horrible gimmick started. Yeah, I guess. And I'm still convinced this is why Puerto Rico's broke. They gave Vince McMahon their money to promote Puerto Rico tourism. That's the only reason I could think of. Glenn hates the Shining Stars. (laughs) I just... And I don't, you know, I could almost, I could almost, because there's some things that I start hating so much that I start to love them, but with them, it's just legitimate sort of frustrated indifference, really, yeah, you, more than you, anything else. You look at, like, how TNA has, you know, treated their ethnic tag teams in the past, like, with LAX and stuff like mm-hmm. that, they did a way better job than, than mm-hmm. what WWE is doing. I mean, you know, yeah. come to Puerto Rico as opposed to what they, you know, what TNA did with LAX. It's, it's like night and day. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know. And it's, I, I was, yeah, just, I, I could do an entire podcast on my frustration yeah, with the Shining Stars. On. I'll spare the rest. <laughs> uh, so moving on, we came back from uh, the Deadly's Shining Stars Club segment to the last Fatal 4-Way qualifier, Chris Jericho versus Roman Reigns. Uh, Matt, what did you think, and did it fall in line with how you felt it was going to go? Yeah, definitely. Um, phenomenal match. First of all, he's Chris Jericho is a freaking artist, and a, like he's so goddamn good. He still impresses me to this day with what he's still able to get out of people. Like I'm not saying Roman Reigns is just some stiff or some broomstick there that he was in the ring with, but God, everything. Watch the end of that match. Every fan watching this right now, go back if you guys can and watch tonight's match, and watch specifically one part. I want you to watch with a very the, the very last schoolboy um, by Reigns, I mean by Jericho on Reigns, they didn't even get a one count out of it, um, J- uh, Reigns rolls up and has a long way to go to hit those ropes before he hits that spear. Watch Chris Jericho, who just tried to go for the schoolboy, didn't get even a one count out of it, immediately does a half a spin circle around to feed for that perfect spear. If he doesn't do that one little half spin move, that move looks like crap. It will look like dog crap um, because of the timing of it. Roman had such a far run to hit those ropes to explode off that way. I know it seems like something small, but it's something that's big. And Chris does this in every one of his matches. Everything is perfect. It's succinct. Everything. There wasn't Jericho. There was the perfect time of the match to put that on. And just everything, the timing in it was just impeccable. And again, it makes Roman look great. Yeah, and just him also, you know, doing the uh, always getting out of the spear. It just, you know, kept wanting people to f- for him to finally get it, and he's yeah. dodging out of the way and, and doing creative ways to get out of it. I th- yeah, I thought Jericho looked fantastic. I thought Reigns looked great. This match was awesome. Yeah, um, yeah I thought, uh, you know, uh, you knew Reigns was going to win. Uh, but mm-hmm. man, Jericho did a great job of you know putting him over. They they had a good couple of false spots that weren't your traditional false spots yep. with the, you know hitting your finisher and you know the referees out or whatever. So I thought it was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Let me ask you this: next week, if they uh, if they rep- if when they present the WWE Universal Championship and if they replaced it with the women's belt, do you think you'd be able to tell? <laughs> <laughs> You know what? You brought that up last night, and I didn't give it enough credit. You're you 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 hit the nail on the head. Yes, uh, nobody would know the difference whatsoever. How hard is it to pick any other color than red? <laughs> I get it. It's raw. That's their colors. Great. It, it looks like the women's title. I watched them on uh, what was it? Good Morning America this morning, I think it was, or whatever it was, yeah. the morning show. And um, both Charlotte and Fanny, they both look like they're holding the same championship up on each shoulder. They look like tag team champions. It did. It did. That would be an intergender uh, or mixed gender, uh, mixed gender tag team, Charlotte. Glenn, to, which they've done with Jericho. Yeah. <laughs> they did that with Jericho in China. Yeah, yeah. But more importantly, Glenn, thanks for clearing that up. Yes, that intergender. <laughs> pardon me. Uh, although with the LGBTQ, there could be an intergender. Gold Dust could go full '97. That's all I'm saying. And just bring it back to a new era. Um, so all in all, uh, you know, for scrambling uh, to to replace whatever the original plan storyline was, and I'm sure we'll be hearing about that and seeing articles on Wrestling Inc. in the coming uh, days or week about what was originally planned for Balor's uh, first Monday Night Raw as champion. Uh, as far as, you know, sort of flying by the seat of their pants, Matt, what did you think of the, the episode of Raw overall? 
I love the in-ring action. I love the um, stories the boys told in the, in the matches tonight. Um, I think because it was what it was, you didn't have time to build a lot of backstories. You're not gonna. This wasn't a situation. This wasn't a night to have some heated rivalries and these long brewing storylines that were, fit, you know, finally coming to some conclusion and a crescendo in the middle of the ring. Okay, that wasn't what tonight's purpose was. It was to get back on track, and through competition, let's put on the best matches we can and let's have the quote-unquote best guy win. Um, and that's what they delivered tonight. I thought the matches tonight were awesome. I just yeah, they were great. It was just, but it, you know, for a, a title being vacated, I thought it was just by the numbers. You know, uh, you know, I, I think like there's so much you could have done. You could have had everyone coming out on the ramp at the beginning, and 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 th them not announce at the beginning of the show what's going to happen. And everyone's the whole story of the whole show is what's going to happen with this title. Where is it going to go? Who you know, are they going to do a tournament? You know, you have backstage segments where people approaching Stephanie and Foley asking what's going on, and, and you know, they, they keep putting it off, and then later they say, okay, we're going to announce what we're going to do, you know, tonight. And then, you know, they put put off the tournament, you know, the, the, the semifinal, I mean, the quarterfinals till next week. And, you know, that way you're just building, the you know, a show around the title and this big deal. And instead it's, you just kind of, you know, you, you, you mention it, and then it's your standard rock. So anyway, that's my uh, that's my thing. I just miss the days when things were made a big deal. But we just had a month of building towards crowning this first champion, and I think that's why they're afraid of letting it go on much longer. I mean, look, you know, if I had it my way, they just would have put the belt up there on a hook and have a twenty-man, you know, battle royal ladder match. It's, it's uh, a big deal. Treat it like a big deal. Yeah. I mean, you know. But anyway. Give it, give it to Seth Rollins. Give it to him already. Good lord, he is so good. But I think he's better, though, Matt, if the angle is that Seth is the heir apparent every time and then someone keeps beating him for it. Because seeing Seth as the frustrated guy who thinks that it's his, to me, is just so wildly entertaining. But, Matt, what, with what they have right now, assuming they're not going to call anyone up from NXT like Samoa Joe, what do you do with Seth? Uh, what do you do starting next week and, and up till the next pay-per-view? That's a hell of a question. They don't have enough strong... Uh... They got to fast forward. They were supposed to fast forward someone like Sami Zayn, Neville. These are not the time. This is not the time for guys like that losing. Cesaro not being stuck over there doing that crap. Um, this is the time to get them in fast forward now. Um, it really wouldn't even be fast forwarding Cesaro, by the way. The crowd's been dying to see him in this position forever, and they've chanted it millions of times. I don't know what else the guy needs to do. Um, those three guys right there. Um, there's no reason why they shouldn't be on the fast track. Sami Zayn, it, I don't get what else he needs to do. Right, but, I know but he's next still week, getting over. I get that, but still. Right, but next week with where they're at, what, what would you do? Do you have Seth win, and then who who, who does do you go just back to Roman, which is the predictable thing? But man, it, that just feels like a step backwards. Yeah, no, it'll be. I have a feeling it'll be somebody that we don't see coming. Um, I, I my my take is Joe. I don't know. See, I'm thinking it's big cast, and I hope I'm wrong. Oh. <laughs> I don't, I don't want it, but I see, I see I love, how they. I want to see a big guy in this position. I, I know I sound like a little hater here, but no, I just don't. Th I think it's gonna. I don't want it to hurt Cass. I want his development to be slow and like it needs to be. He's, he's slowly getting over at a perfect pace. Don't rush him. I, I agree, but Ryback. That's all I gotta say. It's you know what I'm surprised syndrome. we didn't see tonight, and we talked about this Wednesday on the SmackDown. I'm surprised we didn't see Heath Slater showing up or added into the mix. <sighs> 
I think he's getting yeah. too over, and they're starting to get worried about it. I know. Him, but seriously, like, I pointed this out on our SmackDown podcast Wednesday. He's Slater, with the exception, I mean, up until tonight, was on every single episode of The New Era, and his presence and prominence in the storyline kept growing and growing and growing. I mean, if you look at it now in hindsight, they, they built him more than anyone else in The New Era. Even more than Finn, they built Slater. He's always one of my favorite segments. Yeah, so I'm just saying, Slater should have been the somewhere in this fatal four-way mix. That's all I'm saying. That's my, you know, got a hell of a way exaggerating there, Glenn, but let's move on. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's go on and uh, take a step back and talk about what happened last night backstage with Brock Lesnar and Chris Jericho. Uh, Raj, I know Wrestling Inc. has the complete story online, but for our listeners, do you want to give them a quick recap? Um, apparently, uh, Jericho, I guess he thought, uh, I, I don't know if he thought that Lesnar took liberties or it kind of turned it into a shoot there at the end. Um, but, uh, so yeah, he, he was asking backstage agents what was going on. Uh, I guess no one was telling him that that's, that was the planned finish. And so, uh, Lesnar came back, he overheard Jericho cussing and, uh, you know, kind of started mouthing off to Jericho and then they got into it. Uh, had to be separated, I guess, a couple times. Man, Jericho, the ball's on that guy. I mean, who would go uh, and stand up to Lesnar? I mean, you got to – and he, you know, was in a backstage fight with Goldberg. I mean – Chris does not care. He does not give a rat, you know, what how big anybody is. I'm telling you, even though even if he got pounded, he wouldn't care. He'd still go out swinging. He is legit top, Chris. Yeah, yeah. So I was shocked. I think the one thing that was clear, like watching for me at least, watching the Lesnar Orton match is when he was nailing Orton those first couple shots. You could tell, like you know, he he was he was meaning to cut him open. He was meaning to hurt him because right. they were elbows, and that's what you do in MMA when you you know that's why they banned you know they they banned him in Bellator I think to mm-hmm. to stop all the cuts. And so as soon as he busted him open, then then. Then Lesnar, his his strikes were completely different. He was hitting like the shoulder and was just kind of flailing. You could tell he wasn't trying to hurt him after that. Um, mm. So it wasn't, you know, uh, you could tell it wasn't a shoot or anything. But uh, I can probably probably from backstage it was probably hard to tell. But yeah, Jericho, um, I don't know if he was in the. I wouldn't say he was in the right because it was the worked finish. Um, but um, yeah, I man, mean- that guy that guy's got balls. I mean, yeah, I don't even think, in, you know, we need to be discussed who's wrong or right. It's just, you know, what what ended up happening at the end of the day. And the takeaway from this is, yeah, of course, I'm sure Barack would crush him, but everybody knows that. But Chris is a great example of what we were talking about with Conor McGregor shooting his little, his mouth off um, about wrestlers, okay? Chris Jericho is a great example of what I was telling you about. There are legit badasses in wrestling that could more than handle themselves. Um, Chris is a great example of that. Chris can throw down, believe me. Were you there when the whole backstage thing happened with Goldberg and, and Jericho? On the other roster, I was in OVW um, on the road that week, but with the other brand, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, it's. It, I mean, kudos to Chris for care, you know, caring that much, and and uh, it, there's not many people that would uh, want to stay, especially if that was a shoot. Would you want to get in there with you know and stand yeah. up to Lesnar if he's coming back and he just baddest man on the planet? Exactly. So, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, but uh, you know, obviously Jericho seemed fine tonight. Uh, I'm sure everything smoothed over, so I don't think anything's going to come of it. 
Well, I think that's part of the confusion online. I mean, in the internet wrestling community, and certainly, you know, the Smarky Marks and the Chunky Bunch, uh, you know, that are out there, we uh, know, like to think we know a little bit about some behind-the-scenes stuff in the WWE, and one of the key facts that you see often is you don't bleed in the ring. So the idea that the planned mm-hmm. finish was for Randy to get busted open and have it be TKO because mm-hmm. he's bleeding out all over the ring, you know, and can't get up, I mean, that seems like... That goes against everything we think we know to be true. So I guess in a way that's sort of a swerve ending on a... On the a, fact that they called it a TKO told me immediately it was a work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And why not just Blade to get that finish, you know? Doesn't that seem like he... Because, you know, a, a, one of those elbows from Lesnar, it could knock you out, you know? Right. But, but listen, Randy Orton does not beat around the bush when it comes to people trying to hurt him. Brock or anybody, trust yeah. me. So if there was something that went on that shouldn't have gone on, I'm sure, Raj, with your website, you would have heard this news break as well, that Randy was pissed or Randy was this. I've heard nothing but the contrary. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Randy was telling everybody it was a work, you know what I mean? Randy would be the very first one to be like, F that, you know? No, but I, no, absolutely, I agree. I, I don't think it was a, a shoot in any way. Uh, what I'm no. saying is, wouldn't it have been easier and safer to just do a, a blade? And On top that, of the head? Yeah. yeah, that way you guarantee blood, you know, that way he doesn't, if he if he doesn't cut him right you off know. the bat, he doesn't have to keep going. You uh, blade here, you don't want blade up there. Yeah, man. But isn't that Bomb. the thing, though? Isn't what the, I mean, Brock's thing is Brock likes to be busted open the hard way. So it doesn't seem like that makes Orton seem like kind of, you know, a, a wimp to be like, no, I'm going to blade. It's cool. You know, I mean, it's. No, it's like, no, no, <laughs> not when some Neanderthal is going to bust his head open. No, it doesn't. I don't know. No, are people <laughs> this way towards Brock? I mean, my story that I love is uh, what was the one Daniel Bryan was telling everyone that Ryback was like, I got to take a Cialis before I go in the gym to impress Brock with what a man I am. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, so is there sort of a behind the scenes machismo? I mean, does it seem like Brock is the guy that's raised the bar on that? Maybe and the other performers feel like they need to sort of step up to that and not back down? No. Okay. No. I'm just curious. No, no. I don't know. Cool. Locker rooms can be competitive he's an places. Man with families, dude. They, they, yeah. You know. That's, yeah. That stuff was done in high school. <laughs> it's funny because that's exactly what I was thinking about. I was thinking I was on the high school wrestling team, and I was like, I remember what that locker room was like. So good. I'm glad. I'm glad it's a more evolved place. But uh, yeah, I thought that was just a weird sort of letdown finish to SummerSlam last night. I thought the the Finn. Uh, Rollins' match was great, and then just to go into that with uh, Reigns and Rusev and then Brock and Randy, just it seemed to me like just the wind was out of the sails at that point. You know? Yeah. yeah. I like the uncomfortable. I love the uncomfortability of it. Oh, shut up. Yeah, <laughs> I will say this. The only problem I had was that they had kind of like two non-finishes in a row. Like, you didn't, you hadn't seen the Roman Reigns match last night, but uh, yeah, have going doing that finish and then doing the, the Lesnar. But I agree. I thought it was, I thought it was still kind of great in a, in a sick way. <laughs> cool. Well, on that note, uh, thanks to everyone for tuning in and staying with us here. You know, you've just watched a god. Uh... A lot of wrestling in the past couple days, and this night you're tuning into the Wrestling Inc. podcast. You're watching us live or listening to us later to hear the recap. So you are the hardcore fans. We do this for you. Of course, we'll be back here on Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern, to talk about SmackDown Live, the first SmackDown Live after SummerSlam. Uh, if you like the show, subscribe, like us on uh, iTunes, like us on YouTube, tweet at us. All our Twitters are listed in the show notes. And uh, Matt? Thanks for joining us once again. We'll see you back here next Monday. Raj, I'll see you on Wednesday with David Bixen Span to talk about SmackDown. If you want more thoughts and you didn't listen to it yet about SummerSlam, go back, check out the podcast last night with Raj, Vince Russo, and Matt Morgan. 
And we will see you that here next time on the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll see you soon. Don't ever mention Vince before me again. <laughs> <laughs> it's in your contract.